what up what up folks what's going on welcome to the spun today podcast episode number 65 i'm your host tony ortiz and thank you very much for listening this episode is a treat it's uh, been a while since i've done one of these so i am excited to share it with you guys this episode is the audiobook version of the short story elevator if you want to read along with the audiobook, please visit spuntoday.com forward slash short stories forward slash elevator. So the way I'm going to put this episode together is it's going to be a quick intro, uh, somewhat quick. I always say quick, but I'm pretty long winded, as you guys can tell. But pretty much I'm going to preface it with an explanation of where this story came from, then share with you guys the audiobook version of it and um, which, uh, for those of you that haven't heard previous audiobook versions of the the uh, the podcast, I pretty much just try to do my version of a quote unquote professional audiobook from one of these short stories that I've written, and I enhance it with like sound effects and you know like shit in the background that I feel would tastefully enhance the experience of the actual story. As bougie as that sounds. <laughs> um, but this story I'm actually uh, pretty happy with, um, which probably means it sucks. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm happy with it right now. So it is based on an event, on one true event, which I'll explain to you guys uh, at the end of the story or after the story during the, the reflection on it, which I'm going to reflect on it similar to how I do like with the, the free writing episodes. And I explain, I'll explain like why I wrote it the way I did and just break it down, you know, similar to how I do with the free writing episodes and just reflect on the writing. So basically this story, I got the idea for it um, based on something that happened uh, to me on my way to work, uh, which is towards the end of this episode. It reminded me of one other event that that happened to me which i'll share with you guys in a bit which reminded me of a video that i heard or that i watched um by elliot hulse called three kinds of people in your life which i'll link to in the episode notes and you guys can check out which i actually referenced in uh, my book make way for you uh, within the acknowledgements uh, section of it if you guys uh, have checked that out then you've seen it because i've linked to it and referenced it etc but either way um check out the video it's pretty cool and la Hulse has a bunch of dope videos he's um for those of you that don't know he's like this motivational uh entrepreneur type cat that's like into f- uh, physical and mental fitness as well as like philosophy and and i gravitate so it's like the philosophical type of videos that he has and he takes questions from people that write in and just answers them and this is one of them and basically i'm going to paraphrase the concept of which isn't his uh, personal concept but uh where i first heard it was through his video and he referenced uh, that there are pretty much three types of people in your life which are a crystal ball a mirror and an angel crystal balls are people that you look into and see your future you see what you can become or what you will become etc and mirrors are people that reflect upon you uh, positive or negative traits that you need to check within yourself or enhance within yourself 
then you have angels, which are people that come into your life, could be longtime mentors or professors or teachers or just strangers that you meet for an instance that impart some sort of something on you, whether it be advice or direction or, you know, depending, depends on how you, you receive that information. And for those of you that are, that are more, I guess, uh, that kind of see that type of thing or this type of concept as, as like woo woo and, you know, mystical and uh, bullshit, uh, pretty much try not to look at it because part of me is like that as well you know and you know people that are more like anchored in 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 reality and practical uh like pragmatic things try to look at it as instead of you know like oh this is like a real you know fucking nicholas cage and city of angels type of angel just don't look at it that way look at it as just a mechanism or a framework for how to take in certain individuals certain occurrences certain conversations um, that you have throughout life and how to use them to your advantage on how to proceed to better yourself. So I had, I'll tell you guys about the first encounter real quick from what I remember of it that I had of someone that I, that I considered to be a, an angel. And it was, I was at Target once. I went like just on a random Saturday that I wasn't doing shit and I wanted to get like a n- n- nothing like really like specific in mind that i was like oh i gotta go get a blender or something like that but it was just like i know target has a section with with paintings and stuff like that and i wanted those like motivational type of like canvas paintings or like something like that and i actually wound up getting this dope like wooden sign that day and another uh i guess like wall wall mount sign or whatever that that says library but it's spelled like the french way i think it's french just looks cool and i put it like above my bookshelf and spelled l-i-b-r-a-r-i-e or something like that um and then the wooden sign i really like it's like a looks like a thick fat ruler just a little longer it's probably like 18 inches um long and about like two inches thick and it's black and just has lettering on it that says when you get there don't forget where you came from um, which is which I think is pretty cool and just sitting uh, on top of my bookshelf as well. Anyway, so I went to to Target to to just like randomly to look for something like that. That's what I wound up coming back with. Long story short, the there was this this dude on on the line in front of me, and I'm I'm usually I'm like an introverted, not sociable like type of person. I try to like avoid eye contact to avoid uh, conversation like with strangers and like shit like that. Um, you know. If I go to a store or something like that, like purposes, like get whatever you want to get. I don't, at least I don't initiate the small talk. I'm not a dick. People try to, but, or at least I think I'm not, try usually not to be, or not purposely. But anyway, you know, it's kind of like an in out type of mentality. Do what you got to do and get out type of thing. Um, so I'm not like, look, I'm probably my, my body language and mannerisms aren't like inviting to that type of conversation, which made me think of this one that much more. Um, as like a potential angel or or maybe I could get something or keep something from this encounter which apparently did because this happened like years ago um, so this dude uh, seemed like a young he reminded me of like Johnny Tran from you guys remember the uh, not Back to the Future um, Fast and Furious movies I, like the first one Johnny Tran uh, like an Asian Americanized Asian dude 
or whatever and he was there and i didn't notice there was like the lady holding the cart in front of him was his wife and there was these two little like uh cute twin girls um just like running around and playing and stuff like that and then he engaged in conversation with me and he was like oh i like your shoes man nice shoes or nice sneakers or whatever and at first i you know i didn't notice his wife stuff like that i was like is, is this dude hitting on me or something and um um, I was like, oh, thanks. And he was like, oh, I like how you match it too with your shirt or this and that or whatever. And then he started, it was like odd because I'm not into, you know, like the small time conversation and stuff like that. And, but it was kind of like easy to speak to him for some reason. Then um, past the small talk, which I don't remember much more than that. He, we got into like uh, what we do and he asked me like where I work. And at the time I had just started working uh, where I work now, and it was kind of like, uh, like, uh, I knew I, like, I got this job in this financial, financial data market field, you know, downtown and the wall street area. And you deal with, with, um, it, like in that realm, you know what I mean? It's not, it's definitely not like, um, like the movie wall street and like a stockbroker or something like that. Uh, but we, we, we're within that the orbit of that world you know what i mean we're in public finance um but at the time i'm like you know i know uh, the company i work for i know like what my tasks are like what i do but not like the bigger picture view and it's like anybody and everybody that, that i ever tried to like tell them where i work and what i do they're like what the fuck is that kind of thing is like a chandler type job this dude like i told him where i worked and and he, he was like oh so you do blah 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 and he told me my position and i was like holy shit the first person ever on the face of the planet that knows apparently what the fuck i do um including me at the time and um so that was going to accent what he did and he he used to work for lehman brothers uh prior to the the collapse of it then he told me that he uh he since uh i think he got out before the collapse and he started his own business and um he his wife is working with him now and and like anywhere he lived he lived in like not queen was it queen's village i think queen's village i don't know i don't remember anyway so then um i left the conversation and i was like damn this is like someone that like i felt like i should have asked him you know what small business did you start or whatever because he seemed like enthusiastic about it or i don't know get his email his contact information something you know maybe somebody that has like uh, relationships within the business that i was or that i'm in now but that i was just starting at the time you know maybe it would be a smart move career-wise to you know get more contacts or something like that and you know just to not have it being like a, a fleeting moment like that um but it was and and but that still stayed with me and like from that experience i kind of like looked at him as like this quote-unquote angel like ellie Hulse references that could be just people that come in your life that start they like nudge you or, or gauge you like in a direction now whether that would be to like look at the model of you know young guy married has a, fa uh, a family um and you know had a career and within the world that that you're in and was able to break off and start his own thing type of thing whether that's the model that or that's the what the quote angel was trying to show or if it was uh you know you could be where you're at now but you don't always like have to be and it, that's fine 
um, or you you could stay where you're at, and that's also fine. And and apparently, you know, lucrative enough to be able to break off and do your own thing. But to the point where, if it's lucrative enough, you could also stay there. You know what I mean? Like, I was looking at it like I took like a lot from that, like little exchange on the on the line at Target while while um waiting to pay for these things. So that happened years ago, and that brings me to the motivation for this story which is the only other time that i've noticed because it, it could be according to elliot hulse's description of of angels and stuff like that that sometimes you don't even notice when someone's an angel and because you're not like mature or wise enough or ready to accept the like what they're trying to impart on you um but the only other time that i've i've felt a similar type of way was with the encounter that i had with someone uh, the other day, last, I want to say a week and a half ago, which is another reason why I'm happy about the story. Cause I feel like I, I finished it. I'm happy with it. And it was a very quick turnaround. Uh, it took me about a, two weeks to write or a week and a half or something like that with editing and, and all, <clears throat> but it was definitely like night and day, night and, you know, morning and night, morning and night, morning and night, uh, type of, uh, working on it anyway. So pretty much it was, I, and I'm going to let the story tell it and then I'll break it down afterwards. But before we go into it, before I play for you guys, it was pretty much uh, I got to work how I normally do. And there was this like older gentleman there uh, by the by the elevator, like vestibule. Um, he was like uh, the only one there. He dropped something. I picked it up for him and we had a quick exchange while we were on the elevator and we were only two in the elevator and um you guys will listen to the rest here in the story that one uh, occurrence which lasted probably less than a minute gave me or made me want to like share that moment with you guys and the way i do that or the way i know how to do that is through writing stories so here's that moment along with the story that i created around it to be able to share that moment and you guys let me know what you think without further ado here is elevator elevator by tony ortiz written january 19th 2017 honey guess what angela said what asked daniel you got another letter another rejection you mean Come on, don't say that. Be positive. Besides, I have a good feeling about this one. Here, open it. Angela handed Daniel a letter that came in the mail from one of the dozens of agents and publishing houses that he submitted his latest manuscript to. Most of them never responded. I guess you're right, he said as he started to tear it open. Maybe the 16th time is the charm, right? Mommy... Their child's voice said from his bedroom. Shoot. Let me go make sure he's okay. But open it. Open it. I'll be right back. Daniel slid the trifolded letter out of the envelope and began to read as his heart rate began to elevate. Friday, January 13th, 2017. Dear author, Thank you for giving us the opportunity to consider your manuscript. We read it with interest, but regret we will not be making an offer of publication. We do not feel that it is the right fit for our publishing house, 
thank you for thinking of us. And we wish you every success in finding a publisher for your work. Keep on writing. Yours sincerely, Roughhouse. He's fine. He just wanted his stuffed whale. So, what'd they say? They said that the 17th time might be the charm, responded Daniel. Aw, babe. I'm sorry. Come here. She said as she wrapped her loving arms around his shoulders and gave him a kiss. I love your writing, and I hate reading. So if you can pull that off, they'll wise up eventually. Thanks, babe. I'm not sweating it. I mean, J.K. Rowling was rejected 12 times before she got published. See? So no need to worry. And Jack Canfield with the Chicken Soup for the Soul series had a whopping 140 rejections. Let's try and keep it on the lower end of that spectrum, she said smiling. I'm not worried. It is what it is. I just need to work harder and get better. Good attitude, babe. Just make sure you don't beat yourself up, though. As it is, you wake up early, go to sleep late, and work weekends. You can't kill yourself either. What do you think about me starting to write full-time? If we could afford it, that would be great. But we can't. I mean, I know we can't right now. I'm not just going to quit my job. I meant if we actively save for it, plan for it. We barely make it out ahead of our mortgage and bills each month as is. What are we going to be able to save? Be realistic. I'm just sick of my job, Angela. So much that it's frustrating me to the point of affecting my writing time. So change your job. I don't know. Maybe get a job in something writing related. Or I can go back to work, but we discussed this. Most of my pay would be going to the stranger that would be raising Carlos. I know, I know. I just feel like I have to get away from everything and really give it an honest go. We have a two-year-old in the other room, and you're asking me this now? What are you running from? What are you talking about? I'm not running from anything. I'm still putting in 50 to 60 hours per week, aren't I? It just feels like I'm climbing two rungs up and one down the corporate ladder. Come on. You know how I feel about writing full-time. How I've always felt about it. And you know I've always supported your dreams. All the nights and weekends when I felt I didn't exist while you were typing away our companionship. But this is different. We have a baby now. You can't just quit your job to follow some dream. Be real. Some dream? First of all, the writing in and of itself is my dream, yes. But what I'm striving for is ours. More family time the independence to live where we want, travel when we want, and best of all, not having to rely on some corporation that utilizes me no differently than a copier uses its paper tray. I'm a functional piece of equipment in human form. You know this isn't just coming out of the blue. I've been doing the responsible thing and burning the candle on both ends for years. I know, and I've been with you every step of the way, remember? Your timing just couldn't be more wrong. There will always be reasons not to do it. Reasons why I shouldn't start writing full-time. And I won't do this if you're not on board, but think about it. How much longer should I keep letting those reasons win? What if you don't make it? What if your sales don't go up? What then? 
Is it worth not being able to put food in your baby's mouth? How about the health insurance? We can't be impulsive on this, Daniel. Since when do you know me to be impulsive? I never said I was going to quit next week. Just that I wanted to gear up and plan for doing so. We have to work all that out beforehand. We can go on public insurance. We have some savings. I'm not saying it will be easy, but there are answers. Alternatives. They may take six months or a year or even more to establish. Just think about it, will you? I gotta go. I'm running late. We'll speak about it more at dinner. He leaned in and gave her a kiss goodbye. I don't think there's anything to think about, she said. Don't be irrational. We'll speak later. I love you. Daniel left and walked four blocks towards his reoccurring hour-long journey that takes him from his home to the bus that then transfers him to the train that takes him into the city and to his night to five. Back at home, his wife was watching cartoons with the baby, and she focused in on a bit of dialogue. I don't ever want to be a grown-up. Why is that, Molly? They never have time to have fun. It's always work, work, work. And when they're not working, they're too tired to play with me. Well, Molly, grown-ups have to work so that they can be able to feed you, clothe you, and buy you the toys you want. One day, you'll be a grown-up, and you'll enjoy working to provide for your kids. That's what family's all about. Some playful background music chimed in as Molly broke out into a song and dance routine. Being a grown-up isn't always what it seems. When I grow up, I'm gonna dream. Having to work is overrated. So when I grow up, I'm gonna dream. We're going to play all day and enjoy some snacks. And even look forward to taking naps. When I grow up, I'm gonna dream. And I'll never lose sight of what that means. You know what, Molly? You might be right. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad if grown-ups dreamt every once in a while. Angela looked at her baby boy and asked, You're going to follow your dreams, aren't you, Carlito? Daniel missed his stop on the train because it was so packed that he couldn't get to the door on time before more people rushed in and the doors closed behind them. During rush hour, if you're not strategically positioned within the train car, you have to develop quartz-like timing along with an elite acrobatic ability to get past the book bags, baby strollers, and people that either aren't paying attention or just don't give a fuck that they're in the way. After a long day of work that included about four cups of coffee, the deli giving him the wrong overpriced sandwich for lunch, he hates tuna, his shirt ripping on the elbow from rubbing it on his desk, and about an hour of unpaid overtime, he headed home. The subway platform was so full when he got there that he had to stand halfway up the staircase and just wait until enough trains passed by to alleviate the amount of people. Four trains came and went by the time he was close enough to squeeze into the crowded fifth one. There he was stuck between a teenager blasting some 
god-awful music through his headphones, and a mouth breather with subpar personal hygiene. The train stopped on five separate occasions in between stations due to train traffic ahead. He eventually made it above ground and to his stop. He checked his phone and his wife had texted him. Everything okay, babe? He responded. Yeah. Train was packed and delayed. Just got above ground. About to wait for the bus. Start eating dinner without me. Love you. Angela waited for him to arrive and then warmed up dinner for them both while Daniel settled in and spent time with Carlos. Even though he insisted, she never liked eating alone. Dinner's ready, said Angela. Let's go, buddy, Daniel told Carlos. Then we'll play, okay? Okay, daddy. Carlos hopped up and into his high chair as they sat at the dinner table. Long day, huh? Angela said. Yeah, babe, but it is what it is. The train was just OD backed up. You should have seen the platform. It was like a sea of people. I literally had to stand on the stairs and wait for it to empty out enough for me to get closer. Damn. I'm sorry, hon. Dinner looks great, though. Thanks, sweetie. Eat your food, buddy. If not, then no playtime. I was thinking about what you said earlier, Danny, said Angela. Yeah, me too, actually, and I'm sorry I even brought it up. No, I'm glad you did. Don't be sorry about that. We should always be able to speak our minds and express what we're feeling to each other, no matter what, warts and all. If we can't be vulnerable with each other, then who can we be that open with? Yeah, I guess, but it is way too risky of a thing to think about now. Maybe when Carlos goes into school and if you decide to go back to work, maybe then we can revisit it. In the meantime, I'll focus on getting better. Quality can't be denied. That's where my focus needs to be. But if you want to figure something out, I'm with you, babe. Like, if we cut back on everything for a while, like dinners and movies, save up a few months worth of bills, and then give it a shot. Or any other way that we can make it happen sooner. I won't ever be able to forgive myself for stopping you from chasing your dream. And I know you could do it. Without a doubt, I do. I support you and am willing to do anything I can for my part. Because, like you said, it'll lead to our dream life. And more importantly, it'll show Carlito that he can truly be anything he wants to be. I really appreciate that, sweetheart. But honestly, the more I thought about it, the more I agreed with what you said this morning. I mean, you know the responsible side of me wouldn't ever let me do it without having an established, ironclad backup plan and nest egg, etc. The thing is that in a worst case scenario situation, which is what I believe we'd have to plan for, what if it doesn't work out and I can't get a job when I need to? I can't put you and Carlito in that situation. I was thinking, and if I wake up a half hour earlier than I am already, 
and wake up just as early on the weekends, I'll be able to put out at least an extra couple thousand words per week. The more I write, the better I'll get. I just keep grinding, babe, and we'll see what happens. That in itself will show Carlito the diligent discipline and dedication he'll need to be whatever he wants to be. Also, we won't have to rely solely on the off chance of me writing a blockbuster hit to teach him that, he said smiling. This is really tasty, by the way. Thank you. The next day, Daniel went through the same arduous morning commute. When he arrived at his office building, he greeted the security guards as affably as every other morning, and then walked over to the elevator vestibule. He saw someone he hadn't recognized or ever seen in the building before. It was an older gentleman that looked noticeably disheveled. Not in a homeless kind of way, but just sloppy and unkempt. The dress shirt he had on under his colorful knit sweater was half tucked in, half out. One shoelace was untied, his hair was messy, and none of his clothing seemed to have a coherent matching or even contrasting sequence. He was carrying two bulky bags that didn't seem as heavy as they were uncomfortable to carry. He got onto the elevator and Daniel followed. There was, oddly enough for this time of the morning, no one else in the vestibule. The gentleman dropped two pristine white pieces of paper folded in the exact same way behind him. Daniel picked them up. Excuse me, sir. You dropped these. Oh, thank you, young man, the older gentleman responded as he pressed his floor number on the elevator panel. It's just a note with a saying, a reminder of something. Good thing it wasn't cash, huh? <laughs> Very true, Daniel responded. Which is more important, though? The older gentleman asked before he answered his own question. Depends where you're going, I guess. That resonated with Daniel, but he didn't respond. He was lost in thought. The thoughts of security and money versus writing his dreams into reality were swirling around in his mind. He snapped out of it when the older gentleman said, Looks like it's stuck, referring to the elevator. Daniel looked up at the floor numbers, and then at the older gentleman confused, because the numbers were going up as they normally do. They arrived at Daniel's floor first, and the doors opened. Oh, look. I'm right above you, said the older gentleman. Daniel turned back and smiled as he walked out. Have a good day, sir. Yes, yes. He responded with a wry little smile. It is a good day. Alright, so that's the story. And here's a couple things that I that I liked about it. Or that resonated with me or or whatever you want to call it. I appreciate the the ability of the couples being able to both of them, not just one, they like compromise but like in reverse. So like one felt one way, the other felt the other, and it wasn't just one giving into the other. 
um or it, it was like both kind of giving into each other and that n- not not just in the compromising sense but they both truly changed how they felt about the same exact situation which was which was motivated by what was best by a mutual interest which was what was best for their child so angela at first was vehemently against uh the the no even the notion of of daniel writing full-time daniel was for it obviously because he brought it up but the argument soon switched to or or not switched to but became more about daniel validating that you this isn't something that's just like out of the blue um type of thing he was kind of like you knew this was coming so don't act like i'm crazy you know you could disagree with it all you want but don't downplay it like what the hell are you talking about i want this i want to go for it but i need you to be on board then by the end of the story by well yeah towards the end of the story it flipped and because Angela made the connection with the, the little cartoon that the kid was watching and and um, what was said in there resonated with her and made her made her realize that she was kind of being stuck in the same rat race out of the fear of you know her husband or herself uh, not making it by you know trying to be an entrepreneur and whatever it is like that's something that could resonate with with anyone and it's a legitimate fear that's why that's why most of us don't just leave our day jobs and you know become fucking painters or something like that or writers but at the same time she wants her child to dream and to strive to be you know be all you can be and and you know she wants to instill that go for your gold don't don't settle she wants that for the child which i think many parents want for their for their children and that might come from their own limitations or their own regrets um i would imagine and she wants different for for her for her kid not that she's not happy or anything like that but that maybe she feels it's too late for her but there's still enough time for for the kid to be able to to go for his dreams in the future so that said then she felt kind of like a hypocrite to tell daniel her husband that he shouldn't you know pursue and she didn't want to hold him back because in a way she felt that if she did that she would be holding her child back now then daniel then flipped from from his original position to uh understanding and leaning more towards the what uh angela carved out as being like the realistic uh point of view and he also did so out of fear of you know what if i don't make it what if i can't what if it i can't make a sustainable living uh, from pursuing this then the repercussions on my my family would be there's a possibility that there would they would be then detrimental to 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 them and that's something that he couldn't risk uh he didn't feel comfortable with risking that because he didn't feel it his place to um you know risk things for yourself but when you involve other people um and making risks on taking risks on their behalf that's where things get a little squirrely however so you know he's doing that with the the intent of again his kid what's best for his kid but at the same time he wants to 
is a part of him that wants to do both and be able to overcome the struggles of an artist or a writer um, and kind of make it that much harder on himself to be able to at least show his kid I went for it I worked hard I may not have written the next Harry Potter series but I worked hard I enjoyed what I did I was disciplined I was diligent I was consistent and if you're going to be able to achieve whatever it is that you strive for and go for in life you're gonna need those traits so do as I do and work hard at whatever it is that you decide to strive for in the future and I think that's what he wants to by action show his kid and there's that line in there that that highlights that point which is um something to the effect of oh yeah and I don't have to rely on writing the next bestseller um in order to to show him that he could um he has the tools to strive for whatever it is that he decides to whether it's a quote-unquote regular life and to excel at it or some offbeat shit like being a writer so it has uh within the story that sentiment of like hard work that i'm always harping on hard work above all something else that i liked about the story is the uh like the detail of it like the work details for example when he was at work and he drank like four cups of coffee to get him through the day which i definitely do i've cut back recently but i definitely drink like more coffee than a normal person should um things like that things like uh the shirt ripping do, do you guys fucking rip your shirts on your elbows like if you have a desk job mine is on it's like an l shape and the return is like on the right side so my right hand is is you know like resting on the desk and you know like i move around grabbing the phone or moving the mouse around the keyboard and typing and shit like that and after a while um you dress shirts like they get worn out like after like washing them or dry cleaning them or whatever they get worn out like in that spot um where your elbow rubs on the shirt and they fucking rip man it sucks so little details like that that i threw in just from my personal experience of of work and like uh, shit with the train with annoying kids and and not just kids fucking people with mumble rap and and just horrible heavy metal type shit uh, music and stuff like that and just rude people and fucking smelly people and germs and just being packed and just the general nuisance of commuting to and from work in a big city um where you don't have the luxury of like driving uh to and from work uh just like little experiences like that or whatever i i liked in the story and then to the final part which is the the experience with the old man on the elevator that happened pretty much word for word i uh paraphrased him a little bit just to make it feel like with the narrative of the story but that it happened just like that literally when i got off the elevator before like i have to like like um when you get off the elevator where i work at uh right before the secretary there's like these glass doors or whatever you gotta like use your key card to like open like i did that well i was like typing on my phone because i didn't want to like forget the exchange and i was like typing on my phone and somebody else came at the same time so i like went in with them and then i just went to the bathroom and i like finished typing before even like getting to my desk and taking off my jacket and shit like that because i didn't want to like I, I knew i wanted to write something about it which turned out to be the story um 
and that was the experience with him so now here's something interesting too that i was thinking about our surroundings and things that we might be going through in our personal lives as well as things that we see or hear or listen to like i heard this this uh elliot hulse video and it's one of the first things that i thought of would i have thought the same thing if i hadn't seen that video or heard about that concept would this moment have resonated with me um maybe that's just my experience because of the inputs that i've had in my life like that video <clears throat> and like that concept you know it could very well be this just some crazy old man that maybe he got to the to the next floor and and was like where the fuck am i you know maybe he's off his meds and shit and they wound up kicking him out the building or something like that because he really was a homeless guy or so you know what i mean like i don't fucking know anything uh anything like that could be true but what i took from the experience is is was kind of um was kind of like it was real in the sense of my truth like my personal growth and development you know what i mean and i, I feel um it was helpful and it was helpful to the character and the story in the sense that the two pieces of paper um that uh, that the the old man said was it was like a written down saying um versus cash and you know what if it was cash that, that i would have dropped instead which one is more important was kind of like a, a metaphor for what's more important a secure stable job or you know chasing your dreams that's why daniel at first um that's why it resonated with him when the old man told him that because he he was going through that type of personal experience at that moment in time you know he was still on his way to work and and thinking about uh, possibly leaving his job and pursuing pursuing his dream and then he has this encounter with with this gentleman that you know makes him automatically tie it to the personal experiences that he's going through at the moment which i think is something that we all do and it's important in a lot of ways to be able to step back from moments like that whether they be just like moments that like piss you off and you get angry at somebody or something like that and just being able to step back and and evaluate like am i reacting like this because of that thing that happened you know at home or that thing that happened at work am i taking it out on this person and you know what i mean like try to be as objective as possible um about your actions i think is important you know is this a, an angel or a crazy person who knows you know so that's just like an interesting thing to me from uh the writer's standpoint of um just putting this type of story together but yeah that's pretty much it guys that's the that's the story i hope you guys enjoyed it again you can check it out if you want to read it share it with people etc um share this episode of the podcast um or go to spuntoday.com forward slash short stories forward slash elevator what's up folks tony here i hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as i enjoy producing it for you here are a few quick ways you can help support this show you can support the spun today podcast by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support there you'll find my merch section where you can cop the iconic podcasts versus anybody t-shirt in a wide variety of different colors 
in all different sizes. Also, if you're into cycling, you can cop the super soft, comfortable, minimalist design Spun Today Bike Club t-shirt. Also available in a bunch of different colors in all different sizes. There are a few other designs of different types of t-shirts. Definitely go there and check it out. SpunToday.com forward slash support. It's the merch section. We can also get a dope coffee mug. I have coffee mugs with the brand new redesigned Spun Today logo on one side and the tagline that I end every show with on the other which is start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. The mug is available in both black and white because we don't discriminate here at the Spun Today podcast. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash support and check out the merch section. You can support the Spun Today podcast by checking out my writing. You can go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and check out some of my free association writing, which is intended to be some cathartic free writing but oftentimes doubles down as motivation for myself and others. At spuntoday.com forward slash short stories, you can read a bunch of the different short stories that I've written and actually listen to the audiobook versions of those short stories there as well. Another way you can help support my writing is by going to spuntoday.com forward slash books and checking out what I have in store for sale. Digital copies are available in all formats whether it be Kindle, iBooks, or a different type of e-reader. You can also purchase paperback copies, if that's your preferred reading method. Currently available, I have my nonfiction, Make Way For You, which is a collection of freely written thoughts that were curated and put together as tips for getting out of your own way. Also available is my debut time travel novel, titled Fractal. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash books to show your support. Support the Spun Today podcast by following me on social at Spun Today on Twitter, at Spun Today on Instagram. Please also check out and like my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Spun Today, and subscribe to my YouTube page as well. On my YouTube page, not only will you get these full length episodes, but you'll also get to check out some chopped up clips and bonus content. To get to my YouTube page, just search Spun Today on YouTube or click on any of the YouTube icons on the footer of my website. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. It really does help. The Spun Today newsletter is available to each and every one of my listeners absolutely for free. All you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. What I'm going to do is brighten up everybody's least favorite day of the week by delivering five curated things within my weekly newsletter every Monday at noon. You're gonna receive a photo of the week, a recommended podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts from an array of varied interests. I cherry pick the very best ones so that you can check them out. I also share a video of the week, which can be anything from a tasty recipe to a dope rap battle to an enlightening TED talk. I also share a quote of the week and finally, for my fellow wordsmiths out there, a word of the week, so that you can step up your vocab. Again, this curated list is yours absolutely free by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and dropping in your email address, and you can unsubscribe at any time. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address, and you'll get the very next one. If you want to help support the Spun Today podcast financially, you can do so by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. Here you'll find a few different ways that you can do so. You can shop on Amazon, but first go to my website, spuntoday.com forward slash support. Click on the Amazon banner, which will take you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. 
it will not cost you anything extra, but I will get credit for driving traffic to their website. Another cool way that you can help support this show is through Patreon, where you can set up reoccurring donations to my podcast, whether it be $1 per show, $2 per show, etc. And depending on how much you choose to pledge, you will receive some Patreon perks in return. Things like free writing pieces, free bookmarks, free digital copies of my books, etc. Again, my Patreon link can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. You can also set up similar reoccurring payments via my Ko-fi page. And if you want to send a one-time happiness bomb donation, if you will, you can do so via my PayPal link. Again, all of which can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. If you're a fellow creative, a cool way that you can help support the Spun Today podcast and actually be part of the podcast is by filling out my five-question questionnaire located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. Here you'll find the five open questions related to your craft, your art, what inspires you to create, what type of unrelated hobbies you're into, and what motivates you to get your work done. You can choose to remain anonymous or plug your website and your work. And once you submit your questionnaire, I read your responses on a future episode of the Spun Today podcast. It's completely free at no cost to you. And what I like to say about it is that if your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? SpunToday.com forward slash questionnaire. And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. I love you, Aiden. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Grayson. I love you, Daddy.